0: 23 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our Thought Leader Thursday segment on this uh, Thursday. And our Thought Leader on this Thursday uh, is uh, yeah, certainly relevant uh, for some of the outcomes that we've seen over the last day or so. Uh, the CEO of the South African Cities Network is our Thought Leader on this Thursday. And uh, the Cities Network is an established network of South African cities and partners. Uh, who encourages the exchange of information and experiences and best practices on city management and urban development. Much of the issues, uh, at least of all in many of our metros, that uh, the last uh, polls have been contested over. Uh, his name is uh, Stolembanga and uh, he's certainly been in the local and cooperative governance space for many years and he joins us this evening as our thought leader. Good evening and welcome.
1: Good, good evening and good evening to the listeners. How are
0: you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well, thank you. Thank you very much for taking time out to join us. Uh, before we get, I guess, into the detail of the work that uh, the City's Network does, let's maybe just start and get a brief background of uh, who Stolembanga is uh, and uh, more importantly, I guess, uh, how you made your way into um, this area of cooperative governance, you know, municipal partnerships, city management, urban resilience mm-hmm. and many of the other things that uh, you work on.
1: Wow. Okay. So thanks. Thanks again, wonder, But let me just be brief. Um, I, 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 I am. Um, and, part and parcel of my experience in student activism mm. led me in an interest in the area of governance, particularly public governance. Mm.
0: Um,
1: whilst I was at um, KZN, I started working for a number of NGOs there. Um, that were interested in democracy and governance system, the DASA, the Institute for Multiparty Democracy, the mm. National Business Initiative. And I just happened to be fortunate enough to be drawn into the first cohort of people that were um, tasked to put together this uh, animal that today we have to contend with. As municipalities uh, in in the area of governance called mm. the integrated development plan so so I was fortunate enough to have been part and parcel of those people that conceptualize how would municipalities go about managing these institutions once mm. they have been um, given birth uh, by democracy? how would they go about um, the function of changing our municipalities and cities from erstwhile um, racialized um, spaces into ones that are more inclusive, that are not much non-racial, but are really working for all South Africans. And I suspect the the rest is history because thereafter, um, I was quickly um, brought into what used to be the Department of Provincial and Local Government. Mm. And, and at it, Part and parcel of what I had to work with and part and parcel of the local government transition process was to look at how would these institutions become learning institutions. Mm. And that's where the idea of putting together a, a city's network or a local governmental uh, network that is focused on Learning sure, um, sure got to be formulated. Yeah, yeah.
0: So. I'm quite, I'm quite interested in that moment uh, because I guess in a way it frames a lot of uh, you know the latter work of the city's network, but also some of the issues that we faced with now uh, with the elections right. as a backdrop. Um, talk to me about that time. I mean, designing a new system that wasn't there before. Um, what kind of considerations were front and center there? And when you look at you know what uh, you came up with then, and even the white paper then. And where we are now? Um, yeah. Some of your own reflections on that.
1: So, I think for me, the one thing that never escapes my mind when I think about that period was the character of the types of human beings that were involved in that exercise. Uh. Um, you, 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 you had uh, people that had governed municipalities before, um, that had governed under the old uh, apartheid system. And you also had the enthusiasm that was brought by people that came from uh, civil society organizations that were very much interested, I mean, um, uh, in in how it is that civility ought to exist. And then you also had um, hardcore uh, political people that came from outside of organizations, such as the United Democratic Front, particularly those that were uh, in exile. So it was mm-hmm. a, a, a good mixture of people but i think the most important thing across all of them i must say is that they seem all to display a common thing which is commitment to south africa so it was not just about being part and parcel of the local government negotiations leading into the white paper on local government mm. but it was also very committed people so it went beyond just participating so that's the one thing but front and center of the debate was how do we make our country non-racial? How do, we, how do we make the ordinary citizen feel recognized as being part and parcel of a contributor in whatever space and in whatever role that they have? Um, I, I mean, one of the things that, that informs, for instance, our revenue mechanism as a mm. country is a progressive tax system right, that say everybody pays tax. Even unemployed people, by the way, pay tax, right, because we all pay value-added tax. So in one way or the other, even if you're unemployed, you still contribute to the revenue streams of the country, however little um, it might be, and therefore it differs depending on what level of the income structure you are. So so that was the one thing that I think was there. Um, I remember we came out of sp- Types of sloganeering that spoke about um, a one, one city, one tax base mm. and, and the point that was being expressed at that point in time is that we are all contributing to the growth of a city. Um, you could be coming from a, a, a rural hinterland coming into the city. Once you are there, your actions by their very nature contribute to the revenue base therefore to the economy, and therefore to the gross domestic product of the region that you are located in, Mm -hmm. right? Whether you're taking a ride in a taxi or whether you're buying um, the most expensive mode of transport, at least uh, like an aeroplane or whatever the case might be, whether you're purchasing a bottle of milk, um, whether you're pouring petrol, there is some part of your activity that contributes to the GDP. Mm -hmm. And hence was born then the notion that in one way or the other, given that we are all committed South Africans and are committed to the democratic agenda or to the, aden- to the agenda of democratization, we would all be contributing. And I think those two things still strike me today as things that um, are of interest in how our democracy, particularly local government. Um, democracy mm. is evolving,
0: mm. and and you know the the work that you do, I guess, gives true expression to this idea of a, a learning uh, a city administration or a learning urb- urban development framework as it evolves. Um, and yet, you know, many people, I guess, just by not turning up for the vote, um, and effectively showed their dissatisfaction with how many of their You know, cities are run. um, And certainly, if you think and you add to that the impact of COVID 19 on the sustainability of cities, their ability to offer services, and even, I guess, their financial well being, it does mean that a lot of what was worked on then and what was designed then uh, in very well intentioned ways is uh, consistently might be under threat or, or I guess, uh, you know, confronted by challenges. Uh, That uh, you know are calling, I guess, are pushing for a different way. I mean, some people are even calling for secession in some parts of the world, uh, in some parts of our country. What do you make of those developments in the context of how cities have evolved, uh, in particular in in our eight metros?
1: I think, um, firstly, I think I mean, if you look at the results as we have them now, what saddens me is the fact that at least Half of the voting population did not express how they felt. Mm. I think it heads in the sense that informal language speaks. It begins to question the legitimacy of the governments that will be running the municipalities, which is which is not a good thing for 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 democracy. I must say. Um, I think it calls upon us as a nation. Um, to question ourselves, you know, about what, what is it going to mean? To mean? I mean, one of the things that I want to say, and, and you haven't asked me yet, and that you were going to ask is, what does this thing of coalition mean? Mm. And, and, and my, my sense is that I don't, I personally do not think that our people, um, or at least the 50% that have voted, I don't think, they are saying the government that must must that must be established at a local government must be coalition government. I, I have an alternative view and my view is that I think they are instructing political organization and civil society organization and the independents and everybody that is in that political board. They have been instructed to form cooperation governments, mm. not coalition governments. And and, and, and I think we might, we need to avoid being blindly trapped into this lexicon of a coalition government, because even by its very definition, a coalition signifies something that is temporary. Um, something that, in political sloganeering, is called unholy—you know—an unholy alliance that is just meant to achieve a short-term objective. And yet, I think, I think, I think our people. Uh, broadly speaking are asking for a cooperation cooperate um as as those that will be as those that will be in power and in in in, in, in offices of government of government mm. in such a manner that you are able to balance the fact that you must grow the economy right at the same time that economy must be inclusive of poor people sure so it it shouldn't be four for one so so i i i i i'm almost Ready to, uh, to 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 almost put together an opinion piece that says the issue here is lack of cooperative government or cooperative government. It's not about coalition government. Mm. But that's just my opinion.
0: And it seems that that lack of cooperation is also at times vertical and horizontal. So horizontal between different political parties who have to coddle together an agreement to pass budgets and to get things done. But also between different tiers of government. I mean, we hear about this district development model now uh, as an alignment mechanism because clearly, you know, uh, local governments and uh, district governments and you know provincial administrations and national are sometimes, you know, uh, um, I guess not working in tandem. Um, and in other yeah. cases, but jong condos Yeah. So, and I suspect that to
1: be in competition is. Is, is the nature of the beast um, called a human being. Right? Mm. I don't think it is intended that there should be competition between, for instance, the various spheres of government, sure. the various spheres of of, 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 of governing, the national vis-a-vis uh, province, vis-a-vis uh, local government. I think the intention, and as... Um, our constitutional fathers and mothers would have had it when they thought about the Constitution was that there should be cooperation across all levels of government. Hence, I think it is very intelligent of the current administration to have institutionalized the district development model because its intention is very clear. Um, And from where I stand, its early evolution is about saying get your national and provincial governments to start filtering resources to the lowest level in a municipality, if not at a ward level, mm. up to as far down as at a cadastral level. However, I think the false line for now, anyway, in the DDM, um, and that is just my opinion, is that I think the DBM assumes that the municipalities are themselves ready sure. to receive those resources that are coming from national and provincial governments, right, on the one on the one axis, but there's also the axis where both the civil society organizations as well as the private sector um, are, are, are ready and willing players in the local government space. So to what extent, are municipal governments ready to receive not just the, 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 the public sector support, but also the private sector support, and also play meaningfully? with civil society organizations as well mm-hmm. and look at them as meaningful partners in the government of spaces? I mean, it's a very big question. I think that is confronting the oncoming administration in the local government space. Not only them, but just generally, there's going to be more focus on how they are going to govern given the new mandate mm-hmm. that they have been given. And as I said before, for me, the mandate is not coalition. I think the, the mandate for me is cooperate. Mm-hmm. How do you the it's a cooperative government? So if we're unable to learn from the past X number of years, 20 years of democratizing local government, that in fact what society has been calling for is cooperation, then then there's going to be a big challenge with these new uh, administrations that are Mm -hmm. coming into office.
0: Maybe then a last comment. Uh, I mean, the emergence of, or re-emergence I, I might add, of civics um, in whatever form you might want it. I mean, it might be localised based ones or even the more loose national collective of independence. Uh, what do you make of that development and I guess, you know, is that as something that um, you know might potentially contribute to more participatory forms uh, of democracy. I mean, you spoke about your role in the design of uh, integrated development planning.
1: Don't don't um, they remind yeah. you of the days of the United Democratic Front? Well, there in there some parts, yeah, yeah, in some parts, there was a kaleidoscope of ideas, mm. right? And um, there was a lot of agility in the system that had been established by liberation movement that mm. was established to, con- to confront apartheid head-on, right? And, and, I, and I think that was the, 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 the ingredient of success, right? So I think it's, it's important for us to accept that even independent people or people that do not want to be associated with political parties per se, um, they have ideas to contribute. Mm. So the question is, how are their ideas going to be assimilated into the IDPs, for example? Sure, sure. So there's still nothing wrong with the integrated development plan or planning as a concept. There's still nothing wrong with putting in place a district development um, uh, 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 model that seeks to harness all these um, uh, resources and efforts into a particular space. But the question is, how are these new administrations that are coming into office now mm. going to assimilate ideas for people that otherwise want to be called independent yeah. and here's my hope that those independents are not going to fall into the entrapments that their predecessors have had where power becomes an obsession right I think it's also important that they learn from the fact that there were mistakes that were committed mm. previously in which power seemed in certain instances, anyway, to be the only factor on the table. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But I think we, we have to welcome mm. uh, uh, the, 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 the differentiation. They dilute uh, they, uh, the decision-making. They make the decision-making very difficult. But I mm. think, that for me, that should not be the problem. I think the question should be how are their ideas going to be sure. brought in onto the table or in a serious way yeah. so that they also... Part and parcel of the transformation process, but of course, there are certain things that I think we shouldn't compromise. I don't think we should compromise the fact that we have to create mm. and transform into a non-racial sure. and, and inclusive society. I, I don't think we should. Yeah. So anyone who therefore comes, let, let's leave to it. Me yeah, yeah. With uh, ideas mm. that are that are contrary to the uh, to the to the ideas of inclusivity. Pause and, there for me and for and a, a pause, sort of let society, Let's pause there.
0: It is indeed. And my thought leader on this Thursday is Chief Executive at the South African Cities Network, uh, Mr. Stole Mbanga. And uh, uh, we had to go to the, the break there. So I wanted you to pause there for a second. Uh, but I think it, it's worth restating what uh, you feel is a non-negotiable uh, as uh, we try and uh, you know, build forward a bit better in our cooperative governance framework. So uh, please just maybe restate that uh, um, for some of our listeners who might have lost it there as uh, we had to jump to that uh, ad break.
1: No, I was saying that. I mean, the issues that must not be uh, uh, um, compromised are issues that are entailed or are articulated in in, in the constitution. The principles mm. of of, of non-racialism, the, 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 the principles of humanity, uh, human solidarity, uh, the principles of, um, of of working together. I, I, I mean, most recently, um, everybody has embraced the slogan of all of society and whole of government, mm. you know, as a, as a, as a different way of, of, of talking to how it is that we should be working together rather than working as adversaries, as, as is the case currently. And, and, and hence I'm saying the warning lights for, for all of us should be there um, and, and we shouldn't be entrapped in this terminology of a, a coalition government. Mm. So the, the principles of creating a transformed society um, it shouldn't make anybody happy that some are affording life and others just cannot. We should all be concerned when some of ours, is, 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 is South Africans and as uh, global citizens, um, and, and, uh, are, are unable to afford life. Mm. So where life becomes difficult, we should try to make it as easy as possible. So housing is one such thing. Um, public transportation... Um, is one such thing. Mm. Energy, in the context of a changing um, energy complex. Uh, How do we make sure that people do have access to energy? Food and food insecurity. Education, health. Uh, At a time when we are facing a health emergency such as COVID and even
0: others uh, before COVID. Chagas, mm, mm. we have to leave it there and uh, we certainly yep. will look forward to that op-ed on uh, cooperation rather than coalition. Uh, but uh, I want to thank you for taking time out to speak to us this Thanks
1: evening. Thanks very much. Thanks we'll very cool. much Simon.
0: Thank you very much. That there was uh, the CEO of the South African Cities Network, Stol Mbanga, joining us this evening and uh, yeah, giving us some reflections, uh, uh, certainly from somebody who, uh, when we think about the design of our system, uh, of multiple tiered and uh, co- I guess uh, you know uh, one envisages cooperative forms of governance uh, uh, which are going to be tested during this moment if uh, these results that we've seen are anything to go by and uh, yeah I would love to hear some of your thoughts on that we'll take this brief break when we come back we continue to hear from you and some of those voice notes Do send them through uh, to us on our whatsapp line and uh, we are out on uh, 079